You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Joe Gavallis again here with the Safe Senior Hour here in a uh, overcast, kind of misty uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and and on Monday at uh, ten o'clock. And uh, uh, we are very fortunate today to have as our guest uh, Kimmy Green, a postal ins- U.S. postal inspector. Um, who will uh, join us in our discussion today about uh, the uh, frauds against uh, uh, seniors, but against anybody particularly, but we're going to talk about seniors today. Remember, our, our we always lead off every show that elder abuse doesn't report itself and that we talk about three kinds of abuses here, uh, physical, financial, institutional, and financial being the biggest, 70% of all frauds against seniors is financial, and the majority of those are committed by relatives or loved ones or somebody you trust. But there are outside scammers who are, who are preying on, the, uh, on, on our elderly community. Um, remember that uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, please feel free to uh, send them in to uh, safe uh, at americaswebradio.com. Uh, remember the the safe senior hour. Safe stands for seniors, abused, and financially exploited. Senior hour. I think we're the only station uh, in the country that does a weekly program, and it's there to help people throughout the United States and the world, since this goes worldwide. So, with that, I will uh, introduce uh, our guest, um, uh, Kimmy Green, and she's here in the Atlanta office of the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. How about giving us uh, just an idea of what the what the service does and uh, and as it relates to uh, just your general work and then how it relates to uh, seniors. All right. Well, good morning. Um, I am a U.S. Postal Inspector with the United States Postal Inspection Service. The Postal Inspection Service is the security and law enforcement arm of the Postal Service. Uh, we ensure America's confidence in the U.S. mail. We enforce over 200 federal laws and investigations of crimes that may um, affect the postal customers or fraudulent use of the U.S. mail or the postal system. Um, as a postal inspector, I am a law enforcement officer. Um, we conduct investigations that are postal related, such as mail fraud, mail theft, violent crimes, uh, revenue fraud, dangerous mail, illegal drugs in the mail and child exploitation conducted via the mail. Um, I am currently in our Atlanta field office, which is part of the Charlotte division. Um, We handle any crimes related or thefts related or complaints related to the Atlanta Atlanta metro area. Um, Me, myself, I have been an inspector for going on 11 years now. Uh, For seven and a half of those years, I was part of the mail theft identity theft violent crimes team um, and currently I am part of the mail, f- mail fraud money laundering investigations and security team well so they do more than just uh, concerned about the uh, mail uh, being st- stolen from your mailbox uh, I say that facetiously but that's very important because seniors mail do- does get stolen and gets used which means our identity gets gets misused I think, I mean, being a, a former federal agent myself, and let me tell you, these are great people to work with. It's a great organization, but like everything else, they're undermanned, understaffed, but they're a super law enforcement agency. Uh, but I think you're the oldest. 
Yes, we are America's oldest law enforcement agency. Uh, we were founded August 7th, 1775. Wow, wow, wow. But, you know, again, they're number, number, uh, numbers wise, they're small, but they're like the, the, uh, they're small, but but very very successful. I think there have been. Um, I just was looking here, did some research that uh, um, at you all in 2017 removed like a million uh, a, a million illegal lottery um, uh, scams or addressed them throughout uh, the, the country. There, you know, you're uh, you put out scam alerts, and and I think it's really important that we. Uh, we realize that the use of the mail can be very broad, uh, yes. and uh, but the important thing is they have the expertise, and they're a not only just in this country, you have representatives outside the United States, right? Yes, we have inspectors that are in Jamaica. We have inspectors that are in Germany. We also have um, inspectors in other parts of Europe as oh. well that conduct foreign investigations and work with our foreign law enforcement partners. Right, and and, and as you know, we say this all the time. That um, the professional scammers uh, and basically crooks in general don't pay attention to city boundaries, county boundaries, state boundaries, or country boundaries. They're multinational and work all over, uh, all over the world. And and, and we all, are, our, our fellow law enforcement, see see this all over the world in these same type of scams. They're not just um, the, uh, confined to the United States. Uh, the uh, if you could just go and tell everybody that in the federal government how it works when you get a complaint in the system how it gets to to get to trial if it gets to trial. Mm-hmm. Um, when we receive complaints, we work those up. Um, whether it's reaching out to our federal, I mean our financial investigators, we also reach out to different organizations such as AARP, FTC, the BBB. Um, just to build the case in order to find out other complaints that may be related to one of our customers or a few of our customers within a geographic area. Okay, excuse me, since we have a nationwide, worldwide audience, explain what the initials are. Oh, I apologize. So Mm -hmm. the BBB is the Better Business Bureau. Right. The FTC is the Federal Trade Commission. Um, AARP is the... That's what, that's the... Association of Aging Retired Professionals. Right. Persons. But it's a private organization. It is, but they also receive complaints and they work with the elderly and we work um, in partnership with them. Um, We also work with a lot of the other federal agencies, whether it's the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, uh, Secret Service, the IRS. Um, But we basically work with them to develop and build up our case in terms of the number of victims as well as dollar losses. Once we build up our case and we're able to hopefully identify a target or defendant within our case, then we go and we present that to the U.S. Attorney's Office within the district. And once we present that case and it's accepted by the U.S. Attorney's Office, then we go from there to seeing when we can go ahead and have an indictment against these individuals. Right. It's unlike, it's rare just people know in the federal system it happens, but these cases normally take a long time, and they're done in cooperation almost from day one with with our our, our fellow prosecutors and uh, at the U.S. Attorney's Office, and yes. and we're working hand and as a team mm-hmm. uh, along with the other federal, state, and local partners to tr- try to stop a 
to stop a crime and make the arrest. So a lot of times, and, and maybe some other countries or in other states and local jurisdictions, the officer goes out, makes the determination, makes the arrest, and then gets it over the DA's office. Correct. So there's two different kind of kind of paths to get everybody into the courtroom, give them their chance for a fair trial, and uh, and and let uh, let the evidence flow. That's correct. And um, on the federal side of things, we basically move forward with an indictment because at that time we have all of our evidence together. Um, we go right. before a grand jury to present that information to basically state that this person um, we feel is guilty of these particular statutes or crime that was committed against these individuals and victims. Right. I, I, I think that um, as, as, we, as we go along our discussion today, you'll be able to see that um, to fight elder abuse, whether whatever level, it, it, again, elder abuse doesn't report itself. Somebody's got to tell a professional. Somebody's got to investigate it. Somebody's got to bring whatever the decision is to help bring bring to stop the the should we say quote the bleeding of money going out. But you know, sometimes uh, seniors are very independent and. Um, I know the term is they have self-determination. They can determine. They're adults unless they have some medical issues or they have some that's already deemed by a court. So that poses a problem in these cases. It can. Um, and it is, it's all about conversing, reaching out to these individuals to let them know that they are a victim, um, being able to have the patience to explain to them that this is a scam, this is a scheme, and laying it out in story to them. And also explaining to them that they are not the only ones. Right. No, no, no that's a good point. They aren't. They, a lot of times they think they are. And how stupid could they be? And again, you got to remember, and we tell people all the time at our, we, we've now spoken over to uh, about 1,200 to 1,500 seniors, which are separate than our law enforcement meetings we do here. And we have to explain to them, why are they targeted? Because this generation are very, very, very trusting, mm-hmm. just the way we were brought up. Yes. We had usually saved a little bit of money, if yes. not a lot of money, but a little bit of money. And it could be in a bank, it could be in an, in an IRA, or it could be in a box in their back room. And they love, love their kids and particularly their grandkids. So as you know, we get into, and in, in some of our, our listeners have constantly heard, we, we talk about the grandparent scheme. Well, that's the way it comes about. Um, and again, we were just talking before, um, uh, Kimmy and I, about the... Uh, about a lot of this has to do with loneliness. Yes, yes. And um, just piggybacking on what you said in terms of speaking to the seniors, one part of the U.S. Postal Inspection Service is we do believe in fraud prevention and consumer fraud awareness. So we do go out, we provide pre- presentations to different groups, um, not only to our law enforcement partners, but different elderly groups, um, caretakers, and different organizations that may need to go ahead and educate our consumers, our customers, you know, our family and friends in regards to the scheme and scams that are out here and we don't want them to fall victim for these things and a lot of times it is about educating people because people really do not know well no i see that and and that's very true and again i i there is not an agency we work with that doesn't come out and will not talk to the community and help to education does a lot and and as long as we're educated and i think what, what kimmy just said is absolutely true you're not the only one when it gets into to the financial frauds or scams, 
that that has happened to. Uh, I, I the other thing that I think we got to remember is that when you're retired or seniors, uh, people get involved in some of these scams, and we're going to talk talk about these scams in our next session. Is that they have a lot of time on their hands, and they might talk to you for a week, two weeks, three weeks. Talk meaning either some people will call, some people will do it uh, over the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will actually be some mailing sometimes of letters back and forth. Whatever it is, they need to communicate, but they need they need to get you to feel very comfortable with them. Yes. And when they send you things, I know they used to call them lulling letters, right? Mm-hmm. There, there'd be lulling statements. You know, to make you feel everything is fine. And, and I'm sure you've seen it. How many times do they say on these romance scams, this was the perfect person for me? Yes, and he's a prince. He lives overseas. You know, I haven't met him yet, but every time he's come, you know, something comes up and I, he needs my help. And I just had to send him X amount of dollars to help him pay for this, pay for a visa, um, pay for some type of bond, or maybe he had a surgery that he had to receive. And, right. you know, I have to be there to help him because he's told me he loved me. Oh, it's it, and it's not just females being scammed; it's males being scammed yes. too. And and we got to remember that 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 it, it takes, uh, you know, it, they'll, they'll go after both uh, male and female. With that, we're about to uh, wrap up our first session, and uh, we'll be back. We'll be talking in more specifics about some specific scams. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the second uh, uh, session of uh, the Safe Senior Hour. Uh, Joe Gavallis here, and we're with our guest, U.S. Uh, United States Postal Inspection Inspection Service uh, Inspector. Um, is that the proper proper way? Postal Inspector. Postal yes. Inspector, <laughs> sir. Right, Inspector uh, Kimmy Green, and we're here just talking about scams and and how the U.S. Postal Inspectors get involved and conduct investigations. And also conduct training and helping the community. Uh, before we move on, I just want to remind everybody out there 
and uh, our li- to our listeners that you know Valentine's Day is coming up on the fourteenth. Yes. And uh, please don't forget your uh, your your seniors or loved ones that are that might be in a, in a nursing home and assisted living. You know, a call, a hello, a card, um, and depending on their their medical conditions, you know, a flower, something to let them know that hey, we're thinking of you because a lot of times. Our seniors think they're alone. They're they're alone in the mm-hmm. world, and nobody really cares. And and they just come and feed me because somebody's got to feed me. But right. that little extra little, how are you? Happy Valentine's Day, or you know, a card will really help. So let's not forget that. And that it's on uh, the fourteenth. Yes. Um, so that would be that'd be good. Please do that. Which brings up, since we're talking about it, let's look at. Uh, we're going to talk our first. Uh, um, session we'll talk about romance scams so if you want to give us again and we keep saying these scams so people listen to it and hear it and recognize it or recognize it when they hear a friend of theirs a a relative is actually being in is in the middle of it but they haven't come out and told you these are some things to look for yeah and it's and it is all about isolation you know we have our seniors that are out here um they could be living in a high-rise building with millions of people around them however they are isolated in their one-bedroom apartment by themselves with no one to speak with they could be living in rural areas where you know they're hundreds of miles away from the next person because they live on an acre of land or two and they don't have anyone to speak to. So if somebody happens to call them and hold their attention for hours and it might just start off with a small conversation just trying to pull some type of information from them whether they just know their first and last name and then from there build up a rapport in regards to you know how are you what are you up to oh you know initially I was just calling because I was trying to sell XYZ but you know your voice just sounds so nice to me and you know when you're isolated and you're alone the friendliness of a stranger is one of those things that you're looking for you want that friend you know you think that you have a companion and after maybe just a couple of weeks or even months that person is starting to reach into their pockets and financially asking for them to send them money whether it's through the mail whether it's by wire or even just by a a prepaid card the isolation that is involved in these scams is serious and it's very important that you do reach out to your caretakers even not even just on valentine's day but any other day reach out to them because even as a postal inspector when we receive um complaints or even um, when our clerks see that they have an elderly customer that may be buying a bunch of money orders in abundance, they let us know about it. And we'll reach out to that particular person, whether it's by phone or we'll go visit them. And a lot of times we are, you know, met with resentment, a little frustration in regards to us getting into their business. But we have to do that. You know, we want to be able to tell them, you know, somebody's trying to scam you. Do you really know this person? Have you met this person? You know, have they sent you a picture? You know, how did they come into your life? And why would you want to send your own savings to this person? Right. And and I think you remember some of the, the common characteristics is that um, that the, the scammers often say they're in the building construction industry and engaged in projects outside the United States. Mm-hmm. Um and that, that kind of allows them not to have to meet somebody personally. But they'll send you a picture, which 99 times out of 100 is not them. Yes. Because they aren't the people. And um, 
And then when if there's ever an opportunity to meet, all of a sudden something will happen. They can't mm -hmm. make the meeting. Um, but they'll need money for some emergency. But but it's not like in the first email, excuse me, conversation. It'll go on months and months and months and, and, and operate that way. Uh, I, I think that it hit home what, what, what the inspector just said was uh, we were just at a law enforcement con conference and in two small rural counties, not they don't border each other, but their representatives were there. They both had a romance scam mm -hmm. of over 100,000, one by male and one by a female in, in their counties where they lost it and... and and it was at, in small increments, and this um, relationship had been going on for months. It's yes. not; it doesn't just happen right away, right? It doesn't. It doesn't, and it can last. It can last beyond months. It can be years, and your loved one can be sucked out of their, uh, you know, six-figure retirement, and then from there, once they're sucked out of their money. You know, the romance scam still continues because from there they're used as a mule. You know. It's all about being able to use this person. Right. You know, and, and um, if, you're, if you're on the Internet, number one, don't believe everything you read or see. Correct. Because people use other people's pictures and other people's names and things like that. So you can look at it if you're, if you're Internet savvy. Mm -hmm. Run the name they gave you and run the scenario. Um, by all means, go slow. Yes. That there's no rush to an internet romance. Exactly. You know, um, and again, if it's too good to be true, if you just met the person of your life and you just met them on a on an internet that you never met her in person, you know, what's the chances of that being true? You know, that's a dream come true. And it is. All, we all like dreams. We do. But but they will talk, and it goes back to the isolation you're talking about. Yes, it's all about being able to. After a while, tell you what to do, um, have you believing in things. Um, you know, you may be told that, hey, you might get contacted by somebody that's in law enforcement. You know, I need you to delete your caller ID or I need you to delete your emails because whoever this person is that's trying to reach out to you from the law enforcement department, they're here to do you harm and break us up. Well, I, I think it's important that whatever their reasons are for money, whether it be a hospital bill, whether it would be they're in some legal problems, mm -hmm. or whether they need just to cover some bills, um, don't ever send money to somebody you don't know. Exactly. Um, because if that happens, you know, you'll then see their true intentions, see if they ever hear from you. Exactly. If it's all about the money, you're not going to hear from them. If it's really our true relationship, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, I think it's rare, mm -hmm. but be careful. Be careful. And again, remember who you're dealing with is not necessarily who they say they are or what the picture shows. Uh, we talk about this, and, and again, a perfect example, the feds followed a, uh, a series of transactions that took place to a, to a woman, uh, college graduate, an accountant retired and uh, uh, divorced in her 70s, met somebody online mm -hmm. right here in North Georgia, um, and he lived in Birmingham. And she said, well, Birmingham's just two hours away, hour and a half away. 
and they, uh, and everything on the internet looked good, mm-hmm. and and the internet was the, their conversations were good on the internet. But then she said, "Well, I can go to Birmingham." She didn't have a job, and I'll be over there. And he said, "Well, everything sounds good. We'll be there." And then all of a sudden, he called her. I texted her and said, uh, "Excuse me," sent her an email. Said, "I'm not going to be there." Mm-hmm. Well, then then he said, "Well, but I'm going to be coming to Atlanta." Well, she was looking forward playing this whole. This whole uh, uh, yeah, this rendezvous. Yes, because she had a picture of him. She saw what he looked like, and you know he had so many interests that he had. You know, with her, this is going on month, and it started off with something as simple. I think it was a five hundred dollar. He had problems collecting accounts receivable, which people do in the business world. Mm -hmm. He was a a contractor of some sort. Traveled a lot. Mm And uh, so she she said, uh, well, I'll help you out. And he said, well, just wire me. So I think then it was a Western Union. And, and again, I'm, I'm just trying to give you all the scenario. Well, that happened after about about a month and a half of an of a, um, Internet relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go fast forward $50,000 yes. later. Um, she finally was convinced. She, con- she told her best friend about it, what was going on. They convinced them to go to the authorities. Mm-hmm. So they started tracing this money. And the first money that was traced, the 500 or it might have been a $1,000 transaction. And it went, and, and I've told the story over and over again because it really hits home. She saw a picture of the person. Yes. Never met him. Nope. Sent 500 escalated to 50000 mm-hmm. One of the transactions was followed. Went from the Atlanta, Georgia area to, to Birmingham, Alabama. The local authorities went in and said, who picked up this transaction? They said, nobody. We had instructions to wire Wired it to them. Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. The Canadian authorities went to Canada and said, who picked up this money? They said, nobody. We had instructions to wire it to Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Mm. They went, the, the, uh, the uh, Interpol representatives or whatever they were went in said, who got this money? And he said, nobody. We had a wire to Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And then the trail ended at that time. I think we're having a little more um, uh, uh, connection with the with the Nigerian police because I see some arrests they're making on this. Yes, we uh, do. We have a few more connections in regards to working with them. Especially once we get them indicted and we send over a request for an arrest of these um, nationals that live over there. Well, I think that's a, that's important. So you can see the importance of some points that, that the inspector just said. You know, you're there. You don't know who. You've never met the person, and he's asking or she's asking for money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, I will tell you some of the defenses. I, I, I just heard this the other day. The officers went to speak to, to this woman. She said, you know, very wealthy, had like yep. like a half a million in savings. She said, what I do with my money is my business. It, yes, get and, it all the and, time. And she said, you might be right, but you might be wrong. Yep. And they said, you know, we're more likely to be right than we are wrong. Well, with that, we'll end this session and we'll move into the next session and uh, talk about some sweepstakes. Yes. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. 
These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. And Joe just reminded me that uh, I needed to do uh, a little bit of a commercial myself, as as a matter of fact. And uh, so I'm going to do that right now and uh, let everybody know that I wanted to, well, one, I wanted to thank Age in Place, uh, a great orga- great organization that had me uh, speak the other day. And uh, I talked about a product that many of you may be interested in. It's called the Tornado Body Dryer. And you can go online, look it up, and uh, it goes in your shower, and it takes approximately three minutes to dry you from head to toe and you don't have to worry about a towel bending over it also uh as it's drying you it's drying your shower so you don't have any of the mold and mildew to have to deal with again it's uh you can actually put in body dryer and it'll come up but tornado body dryer and they named it because it is a circular breeze it's not a wind or it's not a big blow that's going to blow you off your feet it's just going to dry your body when you're through with your shower look it up and uh, see what you think give us a call if you have any questions about it or uh, drop me an email david at america's web radio and we'll be glad to uh, get you in touch with the folks that can help you out it's uh the body dryer it's a great piece of equipment to go in your shower and I guess the only thing I hate about getting out of my shower until uh, the body dryer is you're all, you always hate turning off the water, you know, nice warm water and you feel so good and then you get out and you get this big slap in your face and uh, so and your reality sets in that you're not comfortable anymore so check out the body dryer and uh, at this point we'll get back to um, Joe and his guest well welcome uh, we're welcome back to our third session today uh, uh, Joe Gavallis here in uh, kind of overcast, drizzly Atlanta. Um, and again, we have our uh, our guest, the United States Postal Inspector, uh, Kimmy Green. And we're here talking about Hi. the scams. And, yes. And uh, we just did a, a talk about the, the romance scams. But now we're going to another scam. And I know when, when I go and speak to these seniors, uh, like I'm going to be doing in the next two weeks, we start out. And, and I always get things clarified. One, has anybody here played the Jamaican lottery? And their hands don't go up. Anybody played the Irish lottery? No. Right. Anybody play uh, uh, a lottery? And I think there was one in, in, in Europe or something. Um, my hands don't go up. And I said, well, let's just start from now. 
if nobody here played it, nobody can win it. So when you say you won it, how can you play something you didn't win? And they all laugh. But they're getting the message. So right. we're going to talk about lottery scams and a lot of them um, and, and uh, uh, take place in Jamaica. Correct. And so if you could, we'll talk about that. And this is something to remember. And I, I can remember talking to an, a son of an individual. He was about, the son was like 45. His dad was 80. was here in, 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 in a neighboring county here. Said they were there and they couldn't convince their father that he didn't win the lottery. Mm-hmm. But they kept asking for fees. They kept on saying the money's getting bigger. you got to pay your fee because interest builds up your winnings. And he believed it and was writing checks, and he couldn't. They couldn't convince him. So finally, uh, actually, they got a hold of this gentleman's phone and they were calling him from Jamaica, and uh, they finally had to change the phone number because uh, th- their dad was starting to get dementia, and it was a, and he was just funneling money out. Yes. So yes. if you could give us how how the scam works and some of your kind of ex- experience with you know knowing anything about the sweepstakes. So in terms of the inheritance and, you know, cash or lottery prize scams that we're seeing, um, it starts off with an email. It can start off once again with uh, something that you receive in the mail, or it can be a phone call. Um, just calling to let you know, Mr. Such and Such, you have won the lottery, um, probably about $5.5 million. <laughs> and the only thing we need you to do is pay the taxes and any interest that may be owed on this money. Um, we might just start off with, hey, can you just go ahead and wire over... Hmm, I'm going to start low with you. How about $500? Oh, $500? That's all I need to win $5.5 million? Yes, yes, uh, Mr. Such and Such. I just need you to, you know, go ahead and wire that over to us, and we'll go ahead and start this paperwork process. You might hear a little rumbling in the background. <laughs> you know, you might you might hear some people, other people in the background that just sound like they're just so excited for you. And you go out and you take that $500 from your account and you wire it over. And you're sitting back happy-go-lucky and, you know, maybe about a day, two, a week pass and you don't receive anything. Then all of a sudden you get another phone call. Oh, Mr. Such-and-Such, you know, um, yeah, we got your $500, but, hey, the pot has increased to about $10 million. We actually need about $2,500 from you. $2,500? Are you sure? I don't even know if I have that. Oh, you know what? Well, we're going to have to call Mr. Johnson if you don't come up with it. Oh, no, I have it. I have it. I have it. So, you know, it, it starts off with maybe just seeing and just tapping a little bit to see how much I can get out of you, whether it's just $100 or $500. They're going to increase it each time, plus give you an excuse on why they can't pay it to you. And the reason why they're increasing it is just to see exactly how much money does this person have in their account and how much can I squeeze out of them before they actually start questioning you or questioning me. Are you really going to question me when I tell you that you won $10 million? Then on top of that, if you do start questioning me, then I'm going to tell you that not only did the pot increase, but I'm going to come to your house with a Mercedes. Yeah, Who's right. going to turn around and That's say that true. they don't want a Mercedes? If only thing I have to do is send another $1,000. And this money adds up. I, 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 you know, the inspector just hit the nail on the head. I can remember l- listening to in, in, in one, of the, one of our talks with the seniors of, of somebody said her best friend said I'm going to have you over because they're delivering a Mercedes yes. to me 
And when I want you over here, so because you not you didn't believe me, you didn't think this was real. Yep. And they're going to be delivering a Mercedes, and all. And she said, "Well, what did you have to do? All I had to do was pay some handling fees yeah. to get the car here." And so, you know. Let me just say they're still waiting for the Mercedes. They're always going to wait for that Mercedes. They're also going to wait for that big check to come in the mail where they won. And you you haven't won anything. You don't have to pay to play. Right. And, and people want to know, how am I selected to get these calls? Do you have any, what, some of your thoughts on it? Usually it's kind of like a list that these scammers pass around. Um you know, you'll have your name and your number or even your email address or even maybe your mailing address on these lists that these scammers pass around. And there's hundreds upon thousands of names on these lists. And as they're sharing them, there's more than likely little notes that say, oh, this person fell for it or this person didn't fall for it. And even if you didn't fall for it, you know, they're more than likely going to still call you anyways because it's all about persistence. I have the time as a scammer to sit back and be on the phone for hours. And at the same time, I possibly know that you're isolated and you're looking for a friend. So beyond just telling you that you won the lottery, I'm going to stay on the phone with you and be your friend. Figure out what you did for today. What did you cook? Did you clean? Did you go out and run any errands? What errands did you run? Oh, did your grandson come over? Oh, what are they doing? What are their hobbies? Oh, what did you do over the weekend? It's all about building that rapport because at the end of the day, I'm going to try to get some funds from you. Yeah, and I think you've got to remember, and, and we bring this out in our meetings, it's nothing you did wrong. And that's what you got to convince your friends or other people, mm-hmm. your relatives that get caught up in this. There's nothing you did wrong. I always tell people, you know when you go in in these stores or restaurants, fill this out for, for a chance to win a free vacation? <laughs> well, you put your name on it and your address and a lot of times your email address yes. or a phone number thinking you're going to win. Well, they take all these, not everybody, but they take them and they sell them. And it gets mm-hmm. out there. We, we did a, a show here on the um, on what it uh, uh, the value in the... So we, we call it on the dark side of the internet yes. for names and lists. And they sell lists and they sell mm-hmm. these names. And it's done all over the world. It's not just here in the United States. And it's not exactly. they're picking on you. Your name has to be, just happens to be in there. And don't forget, as, as the inspector said, they're sitting in a room. They're going to make 100 calls or whatever their requirement is. Um, and you might be one. Now, we, we have heard that the three lists are there. That once they try a list and nobody answers it. So that's what we tell you. If you don't know the phone number, don't answer it. Exactly. Let them leave a message mm-hmm. and listen to it. And then if you think it's valid, call back. Because these people rarely ever leave a message. Rarely. Rarely. I mean, they might, but rarely. So don't answer a phone number unless you know it. Um <clears throat> Number two, if you if you want to play, and I talk to seniors, and they're very happy about, oh boy, we can play games with these with these people. I like to get them on the phone and, and tease them. Well, I'm going to tell you, you get them on the phone and you start talking to them. You're you're, and you might be the best person in the world, and maybe you're going to outfox them. But these are professionals. Exactly. That's their job, right? Yes. yes. And so the more you talk to them, so there's a list they have that says, we'll talk to you. Yes. Because they think if they can talk to you, they can con you. Yes. It's all about a high pitch sales tactic. <laughs> you know, this is your last chance. 
You know, you sure you want to get off the phone with me? Why would you want to give up this chance to win this money? You know, is this is waiting on you. All you have to do is pay X, Y, Z. If you go ahead and pay X, Y, Z, then I'll go ahead and get this paperwork process. <laughs> and go ahead and get this check processed and sent out to you. That's all you have to do. And and now we're on our third list. And the third list, and I and, and we use this analogy all the time. It's like fishing, and the, except they're not fishing f i s h i n g. They're p h i s i n g. Whatever you were doing, really fishing for fish. You'd hit a hole, and if you kept getting fish, you're going to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens here. And, and, I, and I give this scenario about the woman in Oregon. I'm not going to go through the story again. But basically, she got conned. I was on a grand, grandparent scam. But she talked to him, and she sent some money. Mm-hmm. Two days later, they called her again because they knew she could get money. Yep. <clears throat> got her again. And then they tried the third time, and she had to go clean out a CD. Mm. And by that time, her grandson shows up at the door, wasn't really in jail. But the point of, of, of this part of her story is they go back to the same fishing hole. They do. And because that's what you're going to do. If you bought it, if, if you bought it hook, line, and sinker the first time, they're going to get you the second time. Mm-hmm. And that's what they deal in, and there's no... And they have no emotion about it. It's a None. job to them. None. And you have to remember that you are the victim. You know, even if you happen to fall for the scam, speak to someone about it. Um, if it's too good to be true, tell somebody. I know it may feel good that somebody called you to state that you won, and you probably don't want to share that news because you don't want that particular person to call them and say that they won as well. You know, you might be feeling like you're giving up the chance to. But speak on it. Talk about it. Because once you discuss it with somebody and you think it out in long terms of exactly what this person wants from you, that's going to help you and stop you from being a victim. And then once you are a victim, report it. You know, it's not about chastising you. It's not about pointing a finger. We know that there are a lot of people affected by these scams. And the more that you report it, the more it helps us in terms of our investigations to go ahead and find these swindlers that are out here, you know, taken away from your life. Well, I know it's kind of interesting um, as you're out talking with the, with, with our, with, with the seniors and, and, and any group, really, and you talk about it and casual conversation and um, I, I'm sure the inspector will agree. Television has done the investigative business a lot of great things. It's brought attention to stuff, but it also thinks we can solve crimes in a half hour or an hour. Correct. And it doesn't happen that way. Not all it, the time, it, no. <laughs> it takes it, do you, just a guess uh, how long and, and it takes to do an average case with you all? I mean, I, I know uh, from the when I was in the government, it would take, I think it was for big financial cases, uh, and don't believe me, the government would follow this time-wise, because everybody, you know, you got to submit time. And it was like 18 months to two years to get a very complicated case. Yes. Big financial frauds through, if you're lucky. And that's a team of people. So Correct. I don't know if it's... It's about that same time frame, if not bigger, um, just depending on the reach, you know, in terms right. of where these these defendants or targets are located. If they're overseas, it may take us a little longer, and it may be more complex and longer for us to go ahead and go after these individuals. Okay, well, that was uh, well, that was uh, talking about the uh, the lottery scams. We'll move into a, another some scams that the inspector has seen in our next session.
This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on Safe Senior Hour on America's Web Radio, and I wanted to butt in for just a second. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, thank goodness for electronics and the ability to pay your bills electronically as opposed to the using the, the check, which most of us, at our age, uh, at my age anyway, and Joe's age, we uh, we don't like change, and certainly computers have changed all of our lives. But I think one of the scams that I'd like to ask you about and, and see what your all's involvement is, uh, this happened to a relative where she had uh, sent some uh, checks out in the mail, and uh, and they, the bank actually thought it was someone in the, where they received the checks, in the mail, mm-hmm. and they took and, and Joe, you just used the term I didn't know, but where they washed the check and took out that it was going to X Y Z company and put in Joe Smith or Sam Smith, and and the bank cashed it, and uh, all of a sudden she had gone through like ten thousand dollars, and the bank was just absolutely wonderful. They didn't charge a thing, and they said you know it's going on day in and day out. What what is your all's play in all of this kind of stuff? And I, you know, it, it's all of these scams. And we've talked about this before. Personally, if if someone catches someone pulling a scam on an elderly or anybody else for that matter, I think they should be hung in the public square. <laughs> I, you know, it's got it's got to stop. And these people get away with financial murder and. Uh, so anyway, my question is... Well, let me just say, I think we believe in due process. So we do. Being federal <laughs> agents, we believe in due process. We understand your feeling. But I do think that that's exactly what... what and that's the outrage, that they're scamming people that that, that really they're taking advantage of, of sure. the people. Should, do you want to, let's hear about the... What yeah. the 
postal people will do. Yeah, and um, I hate to hear that your relative was a victim of mail theft or identity theft in terms of their checks being stolen because one victim is too many victims in terms of somebody using the U.S. mail. Um, I do want to say that in terms of the U.S. mail, that is one of the securest ways to deliver checks, um, have checks delivered to you, as well as any other financial instruments. Um, on a Unfortunately, it is attractive to thieves. So in terms of when we receive a complaint related to mail theft, um, it goes through our system, and we actually review different complaints within a geographic area, and we try to see if there's a pattern in that area of those items being stolen. And then from there, we reach out to our bank investigators as well as the local law enforcement in the area as well as our own post offices just to see if there's any other complaints that are coming in from different customers and from there we build our case to see if we can track it because it is a financial money trail um the scam artists and the thieves out there are getting you know they're using different ways to try to make sure that they can steal your monies um, whether it is through the check washing um, or they may just go ahead and just duplicate your check um, you know they sell check stocks so they may just duplicate your check and just use the information on there whether it's the routing number or the checking account number and then go to the bank and cash it and they don't actually have to physically go to a bank you know banks have made it convenient for customers where they can do e-mobile where they can just go ahead and open an account take a picture of the check and then deposit it as well but we do make sure we work with our local law enforcement and bank investigators when those type of incidents occur and, and, it, and it does work because I, I i have two incidents with elderly uh, the elderly people didn't know each other um where they went out because we're used to putting mail in our mailbox with the flag up to say to the post the, the postman pick it up because these are elderly they don't want to drive or go to the post office well you're sending out two signals one to the postman but you're also sending it out to the bad people mm-hmm. and they'll come through and they'll and, and they'll pick up the mail before it goes out and and in these two cases one was going to South Carolina and the other one was going to North Georgia for a payment never got sent got diverted but that check now is your signature on the check with your check your it's your actual check mm-hmm. but it's made out to someone else in these two cases they did just exactly what David said they went to a to a local bank and opened two new accounts these are separate people these aren't you know and they went into the bank and opened the opened the accounts with stolen money from these people now these people were were uh, you know they were fortunate enough they had they had you know, a lot of money, and not a lot, but they had significant cash in their or, or amounts in their in their checking account, and they didn't notice. And the amounts really were like a thousand or two thousand to open the bank accounts. Boy, but once they got that bank account open, and they would come in and they would actually dress up as this as, as the customer as the customer, mm-hmm. you know, with a disguise, right? And they and uh, and so you know that's where the cooperation exactly what the inspector said took place. Mm-hmm. Postal inspector, bank exam, bank local and in, bank investigators, yes. And the, the, in this case, it was the sheriff's office came up, and you know, and to your, they arrested, and they are now incarcerated, you know, uh, for the state of Georgia here. Yes. <laughs> but I mean that that's really good. But some tips about that, because these people again, we talk about professionals. We got some that sit in a boiler room. And make calls, but we have other people that drive the neighborhoods stealing mm-hmm. mail. 
gift. Right, right. And then in terms of, um, you know, just being safe with your own mail, know your know your carrier's route and know what time right. they deliver and pick up from your box. And around that time is where you do want to go ahead and drop off your mail if there is something for you to pick up. Don't leave it in your box overnight. Right. Um, you may become a victim of mail theft. You know, wait until your carrier actually gets out there at the time to deliver it. You may want to meet them at the mailbox to give it to them. And if you are able, go up to your local post office and drop it into a collection box. Right, if, if you're sending out checks. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now, I, I, I will tell you what, what and, and our neighborhood got hit very big with, with people in the middle of the night because we're fortunate enough we had cameras and picked up the cars, and that's what helped actually mm-hmm. in it, where they were, you know, like 3 or 4 in the morning, they're going through picking up mail. Um, but then they got bold and were doing it, you know, late in the afternoon or, or whatever. Some of the people, and I'm not, I'm not advertising to to get this. I don't even know the name of the company, but several people went. You could go to your, like some of the the hardware stores. Mm-hmm. You can buy a deal that it rings a buzzer that rings inside your house and somebody opened your mailbox. Mm-hmm. So if you happen to be home, you know the postman comes at four thirty six. Well, good, I can go down and get my mail. Correct. But if you start hearing at ten in the morning or at or eleven at night. Then you know something's up, mm-hmm. and so that worked. And then, but then we had somebody that got a lock. Well, they drove through and they punched the lock out. Mm. But these are professionals. Again, you know, we're trying to give you some ideas of what's going mm-hmm. on. But but re- the important thing is to report it. Now, who do you report that to? To, to you, to you all, to the po- postmaster at your local branch. To the sheriff's office or police, mm-hmm. what, what what's your suggestion? How to report this? If you have any mail theft or mail fraud or any other complaints to report, you can actually contact us at our toll free number, eight seven seven eight seven six two four five five. And once again, that's a toll free number, eight seven seven. Eight seven six two four five five, and if you have internet access, you can actually go onto our website. Our website is postalinspectors.uspis.gov, and we actually have a tab where it states you can file a complaint, uh, whether it's mail theft, whether it's um, mail fraud, um, and once again, that website is postalinspectors.uspis.gov. It's a great way to go ahead and report that information to us. Um, we'll develop a pattern, look at the information that you report, and um, you know, start looking into any complaints that we do receive. Well, I, I think that's really important, and and again, it doesn't hurt also to report it to your local individuals' rights that sees somebody's hand in their mailbox that doesn't belong in their mailbox. What we would ask then is if they could provide a, a description, whether it's a description of the individual or the vehicle that they're in. Um, we do not want you to go and approach that individual because you don't know whether or not that person is going to be violent. But it's always good to be a good witness. So whether you could take a picture, um, you know, describe their clothing, what they look like, as well as the um, vehicle they were in. And also we, what we like to encourage is for you to be neighborly. Know your neighbors. Um, the Next Door app is a great app that we try to encourage different people to use within their neighborhoods um, to discuss different issues that they may have. Um, it's a good way just to get it out there. Or even if you're part of your HOA, you know, report that information to your HOA so it can be disseminated. Because that person may, or that thief that hit your mailbox may hit somebody else, but they're not going to know unless you converse and discuss it. I, I can't second it. I just happened to be in my other life. 
I'm the uh, chairman of a 1,200 home um, community, and uh, we've had we're talking about some of the mail thefts and and just to get it out and and we have a, a internet that that we send out to everybody in a message or we do a calling post where we call people and say there was a series of mail tampering mm-hmm. on this street. Mm-hmm. You know, we also reported to the inspection service, but reported also to the police. You get into some just, you know, goofy jurisdictional issues in, in various places, but the important thing is to report it. Another scam that, that, that we're seeing more, and and, um, and I just, I'm, I'm involved in one right now, um, where, where people have told me about, is this holding of mail. Can mm-hmm. you go in, do you, I mean, just what we can do as... That's just our residents. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the hold mail, um, what we do is we just tell citizens or customers to be on the lookout for when you don't receive any mail. If it stops or, you know, if there's a delay in your mail, reach out to your post office, even right. if it's just after a day. If you're used to receiving mail every day and then all of a sudden, say, a day or two lags and you don't receive something, just reach out to your post office. And then from there, they can let you know, you know, maybe there's a hold mail that's in place. Um, a lot of times with our carriers, um, we actually, the city of Dunwoody actually provided a um, award to one of our carriers who was aware and had been delivering in his particular neighborhood for years. And he saw where his um, particular customer had a whole mail. And he knew his customer. He knew his customer actually right. did not have a hold mail, and they wouldn't have done it th- that particular way. So he reported it back to his supervisors, to us, the postal inspectors, and the um, local police, and we were able to make an arrest of that individual. Right, and and please see that where I'm dealing with the one right now, where where somebody went in on the internet, put the hold on, and it got to be a while. People were traveling, you know. I mean, not they were not like gone for a week, but. They were traveling, didn't pay attention. They realized that a dinner table, well, I, did, did you get the mail today? No, I didn't get the mail. Mm-hmm. They realized and went down to the post office and found out that it had been put on hold for a week mm-hmm. with the instructions for XYZ or, or ABC to pick it up. And so they were able to thwart a, a which should be a significant amount because if people come in with, a, with an ID saying they're them or they're the authorized person, the postal authorities, you know, they just they have an obligation to turn over your mail. I think right, right, and, you know, and they check and they check with an ID, a driver's license. Mm-hmm. But we know that, so just be careful. And then, you know, there is a way um, on some packages and things that people tell where you can go online, so you can see what mail should be delivered. What is that called? It's called informed delivery, and you can actually um, sign up through that with USPS.gov. Right, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good system, and uh, and and I think that we've enlightened you all today on 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 one of the one of the really fine law enforcement agencies uh, uh, in in our country, and and Thank uh, you. you all are great, really, and and you wear so many hats, and uh, just watch the news, you'll see how many times they're there. So with that, we want to thank you, uh, Inspector Green, for coming. Thank and, you for having me. Well, we appreciate it. Hope to have you again, and we can always go on um, with any kind of news that we can get out. So with that, uh, we'll see you next Monday for the Safe Senior Hour. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.